welcome to OK Video, coming to you from Calgary, Alberta. I wanted to buy a new book this weekend, but to my dismay, I realized all of the chapters, coals, and indigos in my section of town no longer exist. I had to drive across the city to the one I used to work at. I, I turned it into a bit of a nostalgia trip and went to the first fa place I frequented. It was pretty good. Uh, I'm Nathan Rohr, and I guess I should have expected the ever-changing retail landscape to go this way. I'm joined, as always, by Ryan McCullough. Hey there, Ryan here. Uh, so that means you were in like my part of the city. I was. I was in West Hills. Yeah, West and Hills. And then your fa. There. Where is your fa place? Uh, it's near that Shoppers Drug Mart on next like, to the 17th. Tim Hortons. Yeah, it's yeah. like five blocks away from my house. Yeah, it's like Fa like, Huang. Yeah, yet. I know. I've. I've uh, it's. The I was Vietnamese in. A, I was in a melancholy journey mood. I wasn't up for visiting. But there's. Yeah. Oh no no, it's totally fine. Uh, there's a Vietnamese place, or is that the Vietnamese place that's next to the bank? Yeah, the liquor store. Yeah, it's right next to a bank. You're right. Yeah, yeah. That's also my favorite Vietnamese place that I've been to. Oh, uh, great. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, back back in the day, I used to get like vermicelli meals and stuff there, but I just want to try their soup because that's what I get from Vietnam places nowadays. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Fair. Uh, yeah. The, I mean, I don't know if it's a changing landscapes. Or if it's like the area of the city you're living in is just getting less retail shops is the big thing. Well, for sure, there used to be a Kohl's in the Marlboro. So I was kind of hoping that was still true. And it's just like, oh, no, that's gone. That's, that's yeah, gone. I think like, most oh. Kohl's or that size of a store have gone under now. Like there's still. Yeah, one I, I think Mall. I looked up Kohl's and it's like, no, no, there's like Indigo core stores now or whatever. Fusion yes. or something. Uh, those exist, but not near you. And also, yeah, so yeah. I mean, like they're, they're not very plentiful there. There's one in market mall, but like even like Indigo, I think it's like, we need to have a big store so we can sell our like not book related items to make money. Yeah. I was kind of surveying the scene, walking around the store, seeing what's the same, what's different. And just kind of like, like they already had a bunch of gift stuff back when I was there, but that seems to be like important to keeping them around. Is just like I mean, oh, you got to get a bathrobe or a towel or something, or for them some to make candles. money. Yeah, that it, I mean, that's how it is. Like when you get a book, there's a price on that book. Like there's an MSRP, um, on that book, and that means when they buy it, they buy it at a certain price point, so that the distributor, like the book distributor publisher, can make money. Yeah, and so those textiles though. They can buy the fraction of a dollar, put a fancy label on it, and then sell it for like like significantly more money and make more money off of textiles than they can off of a book. Way better margins. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. was actually kind of mystified because like I was hoping this would be true and it was, but it's like, you know, MSRP on this new Stephen King book is like $40, but then immediately day one, week one, it's like 30% off. You know, it's got a yeah. big sticker on it. It's like, it's actually $28. Because MSRP, like, That's fine. nothing is ever actually MSRP. The MSRP exists so that way, publisher like distribute like sellers can like sell it for less so okay. any like new blu-ray that comes out the msrp is for all new blu-rays is 39.99 but Insane. everyone sells them for 26.99 except maybe sunrise sometimes <laughs> they just sunrise have sometimes. like what are you it's like well this is like an older movie like no one cares about this anymore so if you want you gotta fork over a couple 20s it's like i just gotta go <laughs> i can't no I sunrise can't. i was just at a sunrise and it's like you have to like, you have to hunt because you can find a great deal. Like I found, I've been on the look for getting the Tremors movies, like the first four. Okay. And they had this attack pack on Blu-ray. 
<laughs> everywhere I go, like Amazon's the cheapest I've seen, and it's like twenty four bucks. Everywhere else, it's like in the thirties. But I was at a Sunrise the other day, and they had it for sixteen ninety nine, and it was like so you can find cheap things at Sunrise. You just can't like assume that you're gonna get the cheapest price always at Sunrise. You're not. Or the movie you want at a reasonable price. Yes. Maybe not. Maybe not. No. I'm gonna get that. So. Um. But anyway, yeah. So I'm guessing you went for Holly, is what you went for. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Which uh, I, I kind of got in the mood for after reading If It Bleeds, which I, I liked, as it turns out. I thought it was okay. Okay, yeah, because uh, I know my our mutual friend Matthew also liked the Holly story in that one. So that's why she, for the first time, he's not upset about reading Holly, this new book. Okay. Because he hasn't enjoyed I, I, I'm, her I'm a Bill Hodges trilogy fan and stuff. I like those. So okay. this whole web of, like procedural cop ish things but with weird monsters and stuff i'm i'm game for that sure. so yeah. i i i struggle with the characterizations of holly as a person who works with people on the spectrum yeah um that like it's just kind of like doing more of that like dustin hoffman stuff and like not really capturing a person oh in in the show that is exaggerated to the nth degree i don't feel the way that character's written is that bad okay okay yeah it's because we're talking about i'm talking about the outside i've seen the outsider outsider tv show version is just like what is this like superpower autism character like what did you do okay but so so king's a little more tactful than that i i think so there's a certain like weird kind of like a uh, infantilization weird silly things she says to herself and whatever her internal sure. no no that's but... stimming stimming and scripting are pretty common within the autism community okay so um yeah. the but okay did you like you did you like um what was the show i just talked about the outsider no i hated it yeah okay i liked the <laughs> first episode and we talked about this matthew said he he read the book and he thought the book same problem with the book as i had with the tv show Okay. Like, I liked the onset episode where Jason Bateman is like, there's an impossible crime. Like, Jason Bateman, we saw him at the baseball game, but there's footage of him, like, murdering a dude, like, yeah, yeah. two cities over. I'm like, oh, this is great. Good Then setup. the episode yeah. ends with him dying, and then, and then it's like, no, never mind, this is what the show's about. And I was like, oh, I'm not on board with this show. And I, I like, like, Ben Mendelsohn and stuff. But yeah. Oh, I, I just found that, that show so plotting and slow and yeah. interested in things I wasn't. And I, I just got so, like, Did you read the book, too? I have read the book. It's still, like, middle of the road king to me. It's not great, but I, I it moves, at least, you know? It okay. has, like, a, a bit more pep than this. As thing. I was <laughs> complaining about the show to Matthew, who's never seen it, he was like, he, he was like oh, I had the same problems you have with the show with the book. I liked oh, okay. the intro chapters of this concept and the conceit, and then I felt it went nowhere, like, interesting, eventually. Uh, I I at least feel it doesn't get, like, sidetracked as badly as the show. But okay. That's, that's but he's hadn't seen I... the show. He just said that he felt the book was – he put it on, like, less than middle, middling type of yeah, thing. Yeah, it, it was, uh, like, 6 out of 10, like, eh, sure. for me. So, yeah. Um, I am reaching the conclusion of The Stand, but I'm doing it through audiobook. Um. And I'm just like constantly being frustrated with King, so I stop listening to it for a while because he like forgets about my favorite characters, and then like they'll show up for a few scenes and then they're dead, and I'm just like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing here, King? And then like he put props up a new main character, and this character is played by Gary Sinise in the TV movie. He was the star of it, and here I am reading like, oh, we're getting to the final little bit here. No, he's going to die. He's just going to die unceremoniously on the side of the road. And you're like, what is this book? 
I, oh, okay. I uh, maybe keep going. But he but. says there's a line. He says he never sees them again. Okay, at the end of okay. this chapter. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. So maybe he will, he'll be in the plot in a different way, but he's never going to interact with like Larry, Ralph, and uh, Glenn yes. Camp again. And I assume they're going off to fight Randall Flagg, so I just don't know how he's going to interact with, unless it's like a spiritual battle of the wills or some nonsense. No. Just, I don't yeah. know. I'm, 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 all, I'm grumpy weird, again but... with this book. I really liked the middle part of this book, like hanging out with those characters as they're building society. Don't love that opening chapter and his third act, like... Rushing I think to the, for like, me, I like the first stuff the most when it's like society falling apart and like yeah. those characters getting like, like right after it happens and the streets are cleared out and everything. It's kind of like the road, but like fun. I, th- well, and that's for me, that's book two. There's oh, okay. the first book is like the, just the pandemic stuff, like literally just like we're going to introduce you to what happened to the city in the city, but also introduce you to like to Stu and Larry as they're like trying to get out of their city Book mm-hmm. two is them all on the road for the first time, like trying to get to Mother Abigail. Yeah. Um, that stuff I liked quite a bit. Mother, Mother Abigail was my big stumbling block this time. Sure. Like, I was just like, what an irritating character. But then she disappears <laughs> soon after you got she's, grumpy with her. She's gone for a long time. It's weird. But yeah. everyone's still talking about her. I know. It's just like, where's Mother Abigail, our favorite person in the world? And it's just like, just, so, just get over it. She's a crone. I've been grumpy <laughs> since like... I like Nick Andros a lot. Stephen King writes some really great Nick Andros stories. And then he just pivots away to go focus on Larry and Stu. And then we never come back to Nick in any way other than like when they get there, like, oh, there's Nick. He's the deaf and mute guy. And, and he, then he's pretty smart. He's a good he's guy. over there. He's coming up with plans, but we're not going to hear about him or like anything. And then or the next scene we get ever again. Yeah. And then the next scene we get is he sacrifices himself and saves everybody. And you're just like, what, what? a hero. What a, what a martyr for the town. I know. You know. But then I found out that he only did this. King only did that. Cause he was feeling bogged down by the plot at that point. There's like, oh, so many characters. What did I do? Yeah. Like explosion kills half. Well, and this is the, my problem with King is that like, because he doesn't plan out his novels like in advance in any way, he can get like super middling in the middle and then get to a point in the book where he's like, I have to finish this and then sprint to the end, like a heavy footed (laughs) sprint to the end of the book. And I'm just like, and then he ends up having like these like not great conclusions. Like. It is not a very, it's a good book with a pretty bad conclusion, like bad final acts. Like, uh, I, I like when that dude was sitting on the hill when everything explodes and he's just looking like very, I'm talking like, about, fall apart, I mean, yeah, his climaxes, his climaxes specifically are like underbaked. So yeah, I, there's endings I like, I know that's sure. a big criticism with him, but there's, there's ones I'm totally fine with, but oh, sure. Yeah. And there's ones I'm too, but I'm saying like, it and the and the stand are two of his biggest. The, the books. stand definitely felt super sprawling and like anything can happen and you're just like in the rhythms of like all these different people and then yeah eventually it's just like this I only have a little bit of pages left what's gonna go on it's just like I, and then it all ends it's just over it's over we just yeah that's what I mean and then stop. with like it my problem with it is like oh I got the kids beating up Pennywise oh this is really good stuff. Oh, now we get the adults being a Pennywise. Oh, this is way less good stuff here. Oh, but there's big spider. I, I, don't, I don't like it. Anyways, 
We're not a Stephen King podcast, though we do talk about him quite a bit, which I do enjoy. We did a whole batch about him, if you want to go back. And I do like Stephen King, so I'm happy to keep talking about him, but that's not our focus here today. He has actually nothing to do with what we're here today to talk about. That's true. Didn't (laughs) didn't touch any of these movies. But anyways, I'm Ryan, and this is Nathan. Do you think Stephen King watched some of these, though? Oh, he watches so much stuff, it turns out. Like, he will, like, jump onto Twitter and be like, oh, I watched this the other day, and you're just like, really? That? I feel so. I feel he likes some dumb trash too. So the 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 WWE has provided some good. I feel like see no evil would have he would have watched it because he seems like he watches a lot of horror movies. Just see what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, this is the conclusion of our chronicling of the WWE films output. Uh, I still like that logo. They kept it up the whole time with like the kind of orchestra getting ready. Oh, you're talking about then... the are you talking about the sound or the logo? Mostly the sound, okay. like the sound is pretentious in a weird way. It's just like, it's so ah, prepare for the symphony. It's like, it's WWE. I'm watching The Condemned <laughs> right now. Like, what are you talking well, about? Well, not even that. It's like, it's the fact that it's that sound accompanied with the scratch, the scratch logo, like the, like the attitude era. Yeah, it's WWE. like a really edgy looking font and stuff, but there's like a baton tapping the orchestra stand and then everything. Oh, it's, up. it's, I like, know. This is so It's funny. like. It's so contrasting in so many different ways, but yes. Yes. Uh, Anyway, okay, so we're going to count up the eight movies we watched according to quality. Um, I kicked off the John Candy ranking last time, so it's Ryan's turn to start us off with his eight pick. To be fair, I think we're going to have a pretty similar list, but I think this one, I know for a fact this one's not going to be at this point for you. Uh, So number eight is where I landed with The Condemned. Um, okay, yeah. I'm not saying it's the worst movie of the batch, because, like, there is worse movies above it, but I had the worst time watching this movie. Yeah, we seem to not be on the same wavelength. And, like, you were mad at uh, Steve like Steve Austin's stealth moves at the end there, <laughs> and I was delighted, so yeah. just not, not seeing it the same way. No, exactly. And I think it, it just comes down to those things when you're not vibing with something, you then start looking for the problems rather than when you're vi- when you are vibing, you're just ignoring the problems because you're on board, right? Yeah. I was not vibing. So for me, like this is like a super problematic movie on so many levels, but just didn't hit me in the right way. I it's dirty looking, it's like not enough fun, way too much like plot and like the morals of it. They try to get into the morals, but then they just do a really like crappy job of that that makes mm-hmm. me sit there and be like but everyone in this movie is terrible like every person except for stone cold steve austin even him probably because he's a black ops murderer are terrible yeah. people <laughs> yeah he's like treated really righteously but it's just like yeah but i mean he's still like assassinating people for money but i guess it's like above board in some ways yeah. so we're cool but yeah that's what i mean so i i don't know i it, it just it didn't play to me that day like I said, there are I, I I almost had this at two spots higher, because but I was like at the end of the day it wasn't about like because there are movies on this list that have worse filmmaking for me, but I couldn't like I just had such an visceral like not a good time unpleasant time with this movie that I was like yeah this has to sit down here no so. yeah like I mean once we get to the top two like a lot of my ranking is more just like the vibe I had or the fun I had not like the quality like. <laughs> Yeah, absolutes. A hundred percent. Yeah, 
if you apply it the other way then i i understand yeah yeah sure uh, so anyways I'll, I'll talk about it pretty soon so don't sure worry. sure sure but yeah this is where i ended up with the condemned so number eight okay uh number eight for me ended up being like just the least fun time i had with one of the eight and it was 12 rounds oh uh, yeah just because i have a blandness like i like we have like uh some others that are like grungier and worse in a way but i at least found something to like this was just like wasted potential left and right all over the place like 5.0 nothing to look at here kind of vibe yes what i was getting so i didn't i didn't mention the one fun thing that happened early when john cena like stops the criminals from escaping by hitting them with a boat i thought that was pretty good and like a super low percentage chance of that working out but it did so that was okay but just low lights, like like things that should be exciting, just weren't pinging on that. Yeah, that I, scope for me. It definitely was a movie where, like, if you wrote down all the things on a piece of paper and you read it, it would be like, oh, this I would like oh, this sounds movie. Pretty exciting. There's like frantic yeah. chases all over the place, and you know, but it's like, no, I know, but it's just not interesting. I don't know what it is. Yeah. This fire truck driving with bombs in it just seems like super rote and not <laughs> anything. So. Which is like a, a crime in and of itself. Uh, I, because you're, I want to talk about it too, cause it's my number seven. So we can okay. both talk about it at the same time. Sure, um, sure. Yeah, I agree. Like it's exactly what you said. It's just kind of like by the numbers rather than like, and like other movies in this batch, which are also by the numbers, but almost joyously so. Yeah, they they embrace the cliches. They laugh and have fun with it, and I did too. had a had a really fun time with some questionable movies. This one had like real opportunity. Like even when this first came out, I like heard about it or saw a trailer or something when I was working at Blockbuster, and I was like, that looks okay. This could be something. Yeah, this has Rennie potential. Harlan. Yeah, and then years later of like finally seeing it, it's just like. Oh, I see why nobody cares about this. This is just such a bland thing. It's just like, a, eh. I pitched this whole like batch so I can watch two movies. The first movie we did and the last movie we did. Like I wanted to watch No Holds Barred and I wanted to watch 12 Rounds. Okay. Like, that's that's the whole batch was created just so I could watch those two movies. Add and, them to your list of things you've seen. Yeah, because yeah. I, I, like, I liked the Marine coming into this movie batch where I was like, oh, I had a good time watching it. Back in like 2008 when I saw it. So yeah. why wouldn't 12 rounds be fun too? up might be good too. And yeah, it's like, exactly. Mm, I don't know. And actually, in my mind, I think I had it leveled up a bit because you went from like a WWE director, like TV show director, like John to Rennie Harlan. Or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I like movies from Rennie Harlan. There's a better chance here probably. But nope. But no, yeah, we just didn't get his best. And like kind of, it felt cheaper than most of these did even or, if they didn't cost as much money it was like oh we had we spent more money on more gasoline for this explosion over here that's a good investment <laughs> you know that's a good idea like that's the thing it's like so i was just saying with the condemned like how gross everything looked but i count that to like that's what Lionsgate's movies looked at that time because that's what they did they shot on digital early yeah. digital this movie just like also had a look about it that was just ugly like it just wasn't Nothing was lit well, but this was like a like a 20th century Fox film, like a real movie, and it just looked cheap. Like yeah, just I'd seen this in the movie theater. Like I get, you know, New Orleans in the wake of hurricanes and stuff isn't going to look its best, but it could at least look interesting, as proven by or, our guy Werner over here. And I'm just <laughs> talking about composition. Like I'm talking about lighting and composition. It just looked yeah 
bland and dull. Just that kind of cop, like, blue filter kind of bland. Exactly. Like, Like, but not even, like, the Nolan version of it where it kind of has its, like, oh, this is an effect. It's just, like, nobody bothered to just turn up the sunniness a bit. To warm this up a little bit or anything, yeah. They just, like, kind of were like, ah, we'll just leave it in. It looks murky, but bleh. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that's my number... Seven. Tall Browns is my number seven, so what's your number six? Uh, or my number seven. Sorry, your number seven. I suspect we might be lining up on the next one, too. So Okay, uh, See No Evil. This is where See No Evil ended up. Uh, Glenn Jacobs' murder mystery, murder murder film. Uh, this one I at least gave the edge uh, over the you know 12 rounds just because I like that hotel setting quite a lot. Mm-hmm. I thought that was like a good place for horror to happen. Um but it made it just made weird choices about like that that kind of weird abusive character that isn't killed was kind of like a weird violation of horror rules or something to me. Sure. It's just like, oh, this guy sucks. I don't I don't want this guy to walk out with his head held high. This this <laughs> this guy's bad. And it's like, yeah, well, you know. And this girl over here, she loves dogs and looks after him and stuff. She dies horribly. It's like, why? Like, why? I know. I think that affected me more like viscerally than I think it did you. Yeah, okay. I took really big affront to like that guy gets to live like that guy. It so. it it was weird. Yeah, like I I think I talked about Poseidon like, <laughs> yeah. during this. Like there's these movies where like you get introduced to a bunch of characters and you kind of like highlight. All right, this guy is being a real chode. So the movie's going to keep him alive for most of the movie. So you have something to hope for. Yeah. But then at the end, like a guillotine is going to get him or something. This just like no, whatever. He just leaves. He's a hero. It's like he is not a hero. That's that guy's. <laughs> that's bad. what I mean. Yeah, that's what I mean. Because at least with Poseidon, one of my favorite movie going experiences was Poseidon. Because my friend and I did this very thing where we were just like, oh, let's try oh, to Richard predict who's going to get killed get next. He's being too much of a jerk. <laughs> you know? But here's the thing: I thought Poseidon understood that game, and then they swerved us a bunch of times where we were like expecting one character because they're going on a rant about something terrible. And then yeah. the guy next to them gets killed, and you're like, totally, oh. yeah, like some delightful deeks or whatever happened. Yeah, this this was just like, oh, this this is unpleasant. And then you get like a uh, Kane just kind of smiling and being creepy about it. Like there's <laughs> yeah. no mask or anything obfuscating yeah. the killer's time. Not in this movie. There isn't that sequel which we'll never watch. Oh yeah, it's like a transparent ish yeah, plastic mask. Well, I mean, he gets messed up at the end of this movie. I kind of like that too. That they just sort of seem to, uh, just totally kill their killer. Like yes, he, I, I, I guess they figure out a way or supernatural. I mean, kill or him and then have a dog urinate into his eye, his open eye hole. Yeah, like. it had it had like Freddy Seven or whatever that one was. Yeah, five it's something at else. times. Like so, th- there was moments where I was grasping at something to at least feel good about in this yeah. movie. But overall, it's yeah, it's still a very grungy 2006 tortury horror thing. So not my favorite. Yeah, this is where Sino Evo showed up at number six for me, type okay. of thing. Um, yeah, yes, yeah, all those things you said. It's, it has that line like this. You said this in the podcast. This like when you think of a Lionsgate's movie from that era, Sino Evil's aesthetic and style is one hundred percent what you think of. It, it kind of looks like this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Um, yeah, I actually to be fair on the podcast we didn't talk. We had forgotten that we were going to talk a little bit about Kane, the wrestler. Yeah, like I don't know if he's a heel or a face or a. a so yeah, so when he got introduced, he got introduced as the lost brother 
of the Undertaker, who okay. died, uh, who that everyone thought died in a house fire, and he's like scared of burns. That's why he wears his mask, which was like a big red mask, and he got introduced as like. The pallbearer, who was the Undertaker's manager, became Kane's manager, and the Undertaker and him went into a big feud. But then, like, they broke off, and, like, the Undertaker... I mean, Kane went through so many moments of, like, he got his mask ripped off, and his like, his face was his hideously, hideously scarred, but it was just Glenn Jacobs' face, like, when they ripped it off for the first time. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was wondering, like, there was all this talk about him being burned, but they didn't do makeup or anything? Nothing. It's no, just... no, no. They just had, like, uh, Glenn Jacobs, like, roll his eyes back and had this weird face paint on. Like, <laughs> like that's all it was. All right. And they had, like, JR on commentary be like, look at his face! Look at his face! Like, stuff like that. Um, like, but then, know, like, Kane, like yeah. Kane turns good and evil. He goes back and forth, like... The Brothers of Destruction is when Kane and Undertaker became a tag team and they just, like, dominated. Uh, Kane's often called the Big Red Machine. Like, he showed up. I love this. I just posted this to uh, Instagram when the when the week came up. But it's Kane went to the red carpet in, <laughs> as dressed as Kane, like, shirtless in his, like, full getup. So, like, the Big oh. Red Machine was on the Big Red Carpet is what I said on Instagram. I, I thought that was pretty fun. Like, okay. Um, but then, like, one of my favorite parts is, like, so Glenn Jacob is, in real life is, like, a politician. Like, he ran to be mayor of his hometown. Knox County, yeah. And he took a break from WWE, but, like, he grew his hair out. And when he came back, he came out back in a suit and he became corporate cane. Is Corporate Kane a good person or a villain? No, he's a villain because people okay. liked Kane at this point. Here's the thing. You could start as a villain in the WWE, but if you maintain that role for long enough, you eventually get over with the fans and then you become a good guy. Okay. So Kane doesn't really do anything in story to become a good guy. He just like kept up the shtick and then eventually fans just like you if they if you work with the fans. Like if it okay. works. So is Kane he a just, good wrestler? Like, is he still... Glenn Jacobs? Glenn Jacobs is considered a a good big wrestler, like okay. a big good big man, but lesser than like the Undertaker and and other guys like him. Yeah, like height wise, how does he compare to? They're his, about the same his... height. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But uh, Glenn Jacobs is just like he's a good worker, <laughs> but he's not like an excellent wrestler. I was seeing insane stats on Wikipedia of just like, oh yeah, seven foot. It's like he is not. He's like six seven. But... No, yeah, he's not seven foot. They but they also call like the Undertaker. Like, he's from Death Valley, California. Like, that's... Perfect. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, like, he has a real name. And, like, he didn't break... Like, famously, the guy who plays The Undertaker wouldn't, like, do interviews outside of his persona. So he just didn't do interviews. And then when he retired his, like, gimmick, finally, now he's everywhere doing interviews. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Okay. Like, he really kept it. Like, he kept it going. So, anyway. So, yeah. So, the Big Red Machine, Kane... He was peak Attitude Era when Mankind, which is Mick Foley, was around. They kind of introduced this, like, super spiritual, like, demon-possessed version of WWE. Mm-hmm. Like, The Undertaker, I remember a run where The Undertaker was the, uh, had, like, a whole posse of crew. And, like, there was a match where him and Stone Cold were fighting. And if Stone Cold lost, he would, like, crucify him on this, like, Undertaker logo. Huh. That was... That was what they were doing back in those days, yeah. Pretty savage stuff. Uh, Anyways. Wait, wait. I, it, okay, sorry. I was trying to, I was going to ask a question about him. Oh, sorry. 
during the run up to this movie, was this the one where it was like the release date would make him crazy? <laughs> That's right. <or> <laughs> yeah. So in kayfabe, in the storylines leading up to this movie on Raw and whatever SmackDown, whatever show he was on, people if people mentioned May nineteenth, Kane would like freak out and like break stuff, hurt people, all these things. Oh, right. Because and that's everyone the date was like, the "Fire happened, right?" Yeah, and it was story. like everyone was like, "You can't, you can't say May nineteenth. And eventually, it came out like May nineteenth is the anniversary, the day that his like parents died in a house fire, and he was horribly burned and traumatized for the rest of his life. But uh, also, the day that hey, Cino Evo was speaking coming of May nineteenth, <laughs> uh, we got a movie coming out. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, there you go. That's the that's the Cino Evil. Not not the worst. Like I, there was that swerve with the main cop guy kind of getting it was at least a surprise. Well, uh, kind of, and like we talk about this uh, Lionsgate era, if you yeah. will. I don't know what's happening this fall, but like Saw's coming back, like fully, not in like some spinoff with Chris Rock. It's like no, Tobin Bell's gonna be there. Jigsaw's in it. What? Tobin is Bell's a, in this new Saw movie. Or? He lied to us forever. He I don't die. know. I I don't. I know he died in the third movie, but somehow starred in six of them. Um, Twin brother. It's gonna be amazing. No, they had flashbacks, is what it was. And then okay. they made a spinoff called Jigsaw, and then they did another spinoff called Spiral, and now they're doing another Saw movie, and it's gonna have Jigsaw in it. And I'm just like, what is happening? But I stopped watching after three, so I'm done. Okay. But like Lionsgate horrors make a comeback because the other one. I saw the trailer for it, and it has that same grimy values to it. Eli Roth is finally made his Thanksgiving movie. Yeah, yeah. I I hope it has the correct funny tone of that's, like that moment where he. But that's what I mean. Blood in the trailer. It could go. It could go that great route where we're just having a good time with that like Universal it's Michael movies, Bien, right? Like in the trailer. Pardon. Michael Bien is like the cop in the trailer. In right? the original trailer, yeah. In the original trailer, yeah. Yeah, now it's somebody else famous, but not Michael Bien. Um sure. Oh, it's Patrick Dempsey from like uh oh. Grey's Anatomy. Okay. I mean we're like seventeen um, years on, like I don't want super old Michael Bien right now, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here's the thing. This movie like it could like you said, it could go one route where it could just be like fun, like freaky Happy Death Day, Megan vibes, where it's like you can have a fun horror movie. Yeah, but I'm also there nervous. There's a pretty could gross just... moment in that trailer, though, too, that I could see that being the the goal is moments. It's referenced. Like that. Yeah, that that scene is referenced in it's the this it's new the trailer. balance beam bit, right? Uh, the ba- the tra- the trampoline. Oh, is it a trampoline? Okay. Yeah. Yes. The trampoline okay. bit is is referenced in this trailer. So that's where I'm like, oh, this could just go back to like the hostel route or the cabin fever, because cabin fever, like hostel is considered like by some people funny, and I was like, oh, that was just gross to me. So yeah. I don't know. I'm nervous about it, but I want a good slasher film, and I'm hoping that he he knows that that like he can you find can the make right a good campy place yeah. to be. Anyways, yeah, Lionsgate horror making its comeback this year, so. Uh, speaking of Lionsgate, uh, number six is where I put the condemned, uh, yeah. which I mean, I, I just was up for a death games kind of movie, I guess. And I didn't, I wasn't super bummed out by anything going on here. It just was kind of maybe short changing me a little bit on some stuff I wanted. Like the Nathan Jones fight is really early, kind of anticlimactic, kind of, kind of the thing that struck me was like, 
the the bit with the grenades on your leg kind of ended up really short circuiting a bunch of stuff of just like oh yeah we're not gonna have like a really great fight or anything because while we were falling down this hill the pin got pulled on this thing so i guess this is just over now like there's yeah. kind of like a couple moments where like or that character gets betrayed in the plane or whatever and he's just like man chicks got me again or whatever and his like ankles beeping and it's just like i guess but now there's no fight or anything with these characters it's just ah, i exploded that's it for me yep uh so i don't know if i love that introduction into this the proceedings because it allows you to just not have a scene well what's fascinating to me is how wwe couldn't capitalize on its two biggest ever stars in any meaningful way because we saw this batch we went through five different wrestlers Mm -hmm. and their two biggest drawing ones like the two biggest draws they've ever had their movies like are either not great or not great but for the like but great in the wrong way type of thing like cena and Austin. no hogan hulk hogan and stone cold oh yeah hogan we'll get to hogan uh we will but i'm saying like stone cold i felt bad because stone cold is the biggest draw they've ever had as a company and this is the movie they got the debut in and i was like oh man this guy has charisma but this movie has no charisma I I thought he was doing okay. Like they they kind of saddle him with like I I guess there's just this expectation in this movie that he will win this fight. It's sort of just inevitable. Yes. So there there is a lack of investment, I guess. But I don't know. He still had moments where I was laughing at his like you know game on or whatever and stuff. Sure. It's like okay, great. I didn't think sure. they played him more straightforward than I wanted him to do. And I'll get into it with the marine what I wanted a little bit more out of these like bigger than like, these are already bigger than life characters. Now mm-hmm. we get to see them in like millions of dollar budget movies. And I guess there was something with the, the weird aloofness of some of the control room people, I at least thought was funny. Like sure. just with like, Oh, I love what we're doing here. And it's like, these people are insane. Like these are the weirdest people in this world that are just like, Oh, we're putting a great show here. You know, it's like, all right. I, I guess uh, for me, it's like, uh, I'll get into. I, I know when I'll get into it later. It's okay. You go. You finish up. I have. I have something to say about Stone Cold, but I'll. I know a good moment. I can talk about it later. Oh, okay. Podcast, I was like, so. you've already talked about the Condemned. It's your least favorite movie. I know, but, but I have a, okay. another okay. touch point. So, uh, yeah. So not not great, but I at least had the time I was expecting. I guess. With, sure. You know, we're gonna count down these people. They're gonna fight. Sometimes a couple things happened that I liked. A couple things happened that I kind of knew they would do, but there was. I think I I was at a point where I was like, this could have been way scuzzier and way grosser about this. Like the sexual assaults and stuff were like not as horrifying as they could have been. So not quite tact. I'm not going to (laughs) say good job with that. I was about to say, yeah, but I I was like bracing for harder impact and more unpleasantness than. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I understand. So it was more Uh, like relief, I guess. It was like, Oh, phew. They didn't get too horrifying. (laughs) I'm not scarred forever. So great. Um, so okay. six out of six out of eight. Six Great out of eight, and <laughs> so that means our top five, whether whatever order they're in, we have very same same movies. I guess so. Yeah, the the three bottom movies. Yeah. So this for me is the beginning out. of the list where I start having fun with like every movie up type of thing in some yeah. varying degrees type okay. of thing. Yeah. So number five, this is where uh, Walking Tall landed for me. Okay. Um, I mean, uh, you you've seen it a bunch too. So. <laughs> 
I mean, no it's surprises. not hard to see a bunch, right? Like it's you can see it twice in the, in a normal movie's like runtime type of thing. So yeah. I'm um, glad I've seen it now, so we can I can make those jokes too. <laughs> just like oh man, seventy minutes. Well, watch this movie. But Maybe. it's it's not like it's a bad movie in any way, but it's not like remarkable in any other way either. Is where I land. Like it's just like kind of just a big shrug. There's some fun moments in it, but there's also like some pretty draw like boring moments. But it's also like. Does a movie who's 75 minutes long, should they, that be boring? Like, should that be like, like... ever? Should there ever be time to be like, what are we doing here? Why are yeah. we just sitting on this couch? And there's a couple moments where I was like, what are we doing here? Like, what is the, what are, what is the purpose of this right now? This movie has to be all plot all the time. And here we are just like, we got a movie montage moment of him just healing on a couch. Eating yep. some soup, you know? And I'm just like... Yeah. But I mean, like, I'm also laughing at it because... But there's not enough big stick. Like, he forgets about his big stick mantra pretty early on and then just, like, leaves the stick behind. Yeah, you get some good big stick early on, and then I I, I do still love that he pulls the evidence tag off of it in the courtroom. He's just like, I need this. Or whatever. It's like, I thought that was pretty funny. That courtroom uh, scene also. Yeah, I completely <laughs> forgot that this is just a courtroom drama in the middle of this movie. I thought that was going to be a bigger chunk of the movie, but it's just like, no, no, whatever. He just has a really compelling speech that wins the whole town and secures his place as sheriff, like, immediately afterwards. Yeah. This movie, so. it's on fast forward. Like, it has fast forward between all the scenes that take place between the big plot moments. It's yeah. like somebody storyboarded. Cuts, so much happens. Yeah. Like, this would be like they storyboard. Sheriff. Somebody storyboarded this movie. And they forgot to write scenes between scenes. Like they're yeah, just like, like there there could have been dramatics with like him versus the old sheriff in a, an election or something, but it's just like, oh whatever. That no, guy no, they sucks. storyboarded like, okay, courtroom scene. Okay, he's now the sheriff. And they forgot to like somebody in the script forgot to write we have to write a scene between those two things. Like, no, no, no. He'll be in the courtroom. Then he's the sheriff. Like, why do we have to write a scene? Like, we don't need to. Yeah, why belabor it? Like just get <laughs> get get to it. So yeah. I don't know. There's nothing like there's nothing amazing remark. This is the first big drop off in budget when we had a big uptick in budget for the previous few movies. Oh yeah, I mean like rundown costs a lot. So, yeah, yeah. So that was noticeable. I mean, The Rock is less charming in this movie than he was in his previous two films. Mm-hmm. Two. So it was just like it's not a bad movie. I, I it's still just like liked how chippy he is with Neil McDonough and stuff. Like sure. There's there's a moment where like Neil McDonough comes to make amends or whatever and starts like unloading stuff from his truck and he's just like no and like puts it back in the truck. He sure. takes like the piece of wood he took and puts it back. Yeah. It's just like I'm not I'm no, you're not my friend. I'm not helping you. I'm going to press charges or whatever. Like that moment where it's yeah, just yeah, like no, I, know. I hate casinos so much and I will not have them in my town. I don't care how above board they are or that it's legal in this state. Bah. <laughs> like there's just this weird pushback against the future that I found funny in this context. Oh sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. No oh, I, fear of change. Angry. Yeah. I mean, it's not a bad time, but I have like, this is probably my fourth time seeing this movie. And you ask me how I've seen it so many times is because of my buddy and I used to like hang out late at night. Like he would, I'd get home from work at like 1130 and he would come over and we would take like an hour to pick a movie. And at the end of that hour, when we couldn't pick something, he'd be like, well, you just want to watch Walking Hard because it's like super fast. (laughs) It was like, sure. Yeah. So I saw that movie four times now because of those experiences. So anyway, so yeah, number five, Walking Tall. I keep saying Walking Hard, but it's Walking Tall. That's right. That's right. 
Uh, number five for me is where uh, uh, Hogan ended up with No okay. Holds Barred. Yeah. Uh, which I did like in kind of like a dopey 80s way. Uh, I think I just found it like kind of so unambitious. <laughs> like <laughs> Hogan's just a wrestler that's working for this company and he, he's, a you know, using his slogans and working out and all this. It's just like, this is like barely using your imagination. <laughs> like I thought he'd be a cop or something. <laughs> But I don't know, man. Just... That, that opening scene with Kurt Fuller yelling at his executives and like how it's shot is just yeah, like Kurt Fuller is still pretty great. Like the kind of just freaking out and like jockass and whatever he's yelling <laughs> is pretty fun. Uh, I saw him recently in like Wayne's World as like Rob Lowe's crony. Yeah, and was like happy again to see just how he's doing his thing or whatever. So made me a bigger Kurt Fuller fan, but. Just, I don't know. It just it just kind of had this, like, this is charmingly silly, but I, it's so pointless, and <laughs> I don't really know what we're doing for a big chunk of it. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Joan yeah. Severance, though, super smoldering, so big ups on that. Thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Something There's something about No Holds Bar that just, like, really worked for me, so it's a little higher on my list. I, I, I did find it charming. I think just in high like I, I like these other things just a little bit more. Sure. So yeah, yeah. We're in a yeah. pretty positive zone now. Yeah, exactly. So, like I think yeah. we're both in that positive zone right now, but to varying degrees, right? So Yeah. Um I, I guess I just kinda get why this didn't like launch things off for <laughs> WWE films. But know? it kinda did oh yeah, it didn't launch W like Vince McMahon's career, but it is like I mean, Hulk Hogan did go on to star in a bunch of like theatrical releases after no holds bar yeah but i i don't know that he he realized his campy potential completely sure. at any point yeah yeah it's hard to say uh but yeah anyway so yeah no holds barred number five uh, okay. tiny lister was pretty great also yeah he is yeah. uh number four for me uh this is where the scorpion king landed um okay yeah. I, actually before this batch i would have probably Going in, I think I thought Walking Tall was better than Scorpion King. Because I've oh, never okay. been a big sword and sandals, sword and sorcery person. Um Did but I enjoyed Conan and stuff Yeah, like I've never I was never a Conan guy at all. Like I, I've seen them and I think they're kind of a big shrug for Arnold films. So mm -hmm. they just don't work for me. Um But I enjoyed the hokiness this time quite a bit. Like the like Oh, we are winking and nodding at the camera as we make a sword and sandals movie. And like, yeah, but like in a loving way, not in like a making fun of a way, but like we're doing, it's almost like an ode to this thing. Simpler times or something. It, yeah. it has a sense of fun around it. I, I, I got on board pretty quick with like, you know, air, getting shot with an arrow sends you flying through a wall. Or oh, something. 100%. Like it has this insane. This what, for me, it was quality. like the staging of the action, the set pieces, uh, the sets themselves, like there's just a lot of really good things for me. Actually, the biggest, one of the biggest detractors of the movie is like that the rock doesn't take this role as a chance to shine. He kind of, he's pretty dull in this movie. He's not really that charming. He's pretty serious. He has like, he has one scene where he does his people's eyebrow and I loved it because it doesn't yeah. make sense, but he's like pretty like on brand mission, pretty serious. And it's like another movie in this batch where Rock really kind of leans into like the enigmatic. Like he, he loosens up. He finds a better balance of what he's what he's good at. And yeah, like there is a charmingness yeah. to him, and that's what 
attracts people to him as a wrestler. But this movie doesn't quite find it for me. Um, but I'm having a good time because I like I like the cast. It's uh, a silly, fun movie. And I like the franchise. I like the Mummy movies. So there's always going to be a part of me that's like, oh, the Scorpion King works for me because I'm a Mummy movie fan, not a Sword and Sandals fan. Like person. it kind of gets grandfathered in. Or yeah, something. type of thing. Yeah. So, and then like, yeah, the goofy, like, uh, is it Dave Hester? What's the guy's name? The sidekick? Oh, oh yeah. Grant Hesloff. Grant Hesloff. Just like yeah. his escape scene with the, and just like so many silly sequences. I, th- I thought the scene with the ants was kind of the rock getting to be kind of a little off guard and sure. like, oh, this is, this is no good, but. Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. But it just was Grant got a chance to be charming and the rock kind of got a chance to be in peril. I don't know. And, it, and it just still be kind of a jerk to him about it. Yeah. I, so yeah. it didn't, it wasn't that he was like, I just think I found, found him to be like boring straight, like boring leading man rather than charming leading man is what I wanted him to be. So, oh, okay. but anyways, it's not a, it's not a terrible thing by any means. And I had a good time. So it's still a good movie to me, but it's just never, it doesn't quite reach what the top three did for me or do for me. So. Okay. Uh, number four is where I put walking tall. Um, just super quick and to the point, you know, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't love the cutting apart the truck scene, but that's, you know, just how it is. It was a bit too drawn out. <laughs> Again, um, spending those times with like these, like, why are we spending so much time here? Like, I don't know. Uh, Johnny Knoxville though, I thought was pretty funny. Uh, in the brief bits you get with him like everything's super brief in this which i thought was kind of fun sure like like to the point where yeah the thing i loved most was the end credits of just the absurdity of them like i was just like i can't believe these are like 17 minutes long this is like a trick it's amazing uh but yeah i i love the kind of brevity of just like he is now sheriff like that kind of gap in logic or the jumps were super funny sure some people would say bad writing but i get what you're saying well i i i I think we were talking about it. It was like, I feel like every writer that took a seat with it was like, I can tighten this up a little bit. And then they overdid it. They got it too succinct to the point where it was just like, does this even make sense anymore? It's just like, I don't know. It, it's like the protector, like the mangled cut yeah. that I like of that movie where it's just like, eh, who cares about all this motivation? Let's just get to the crunching. And it's like, exactly. I agree with you. Uh, so yes, could have benefited from like one more stick fight or something. I do appreciate that he gets to use a piece of wood versus like an axe at the end of that. Yes. You know, it's a little bit of a, you know, yeah. woodsman versus the big mill. I, I, I totally get the, you know, uh, motorcycle versus horse analogy. Yeah. Technology versus horse magic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, so, yeah, it was it was so quick and silly that I, I had a, a good laugh with it, I guess, and had a pretty good time. Uh, but it wasn't like special or anything, so I, I didn't sure, give it a bronze yeah. medal either. Yeah, yeah. It just kind of defaulted to it. It just it just misses the, the podium, and that's the same thing with Scorpion King. It just just misses the podium for me. Okay. So, uh, yeah. If you got if you got seventy minutes, man, like you can watch <laughs> sure. Dumbo actually. So probably do that. But if you've seen it already, well, and even D- Dumbo, you're gonna get through quicker because it's like a sixty five minute movie. It's like sixty minutes. Great songs though. So, Great yeah. songs. I love yeah. Dumbo like, and well animated. So it's a good movie. I'm not going to not harping on Dumbo. Um, <laughs> all right. So podium time. Podium time. Yeah. So number three, this is where Noel Holds Bard landed for me. Got the bronze medal for me. Um, everything you said where you found charming, I found hysterical. Like I was like, 
this is the memification of this movie is peak for me. Like this movie has a potential of being like a prize in my collection at some point. Okay. I, the I did like the eighties business schmoes, like hanging out oh, at the dive 100%. bar, like getting a taste of wrestling. Yeah. How like good. incredibly low budget, but also like brain headed, but also like silly and doofy. This movie is, is just a perfect remedy of just like, Oh, I loved it. Like the Dookie scene is just makes me so happy that somebody said, we'll put this to film and it's going to work. Dookie. Uh, the, like I said, the opening scenes of just like, what is this room and how is this being lit? And these are actual actors who at this point were known faces. Like, it's not like these guys is, this is all their first roles. These are real people, but like, also like how dumb, like it is just Hulk Hogan playing Hulk Hogan, but he's now called Rip. Um, oh yeah but like just even like and then the fake drama with his brother and teeny just murdering people as wrestler and like i don't know i'm just i'm having a all the things you said about like oh it's just like who cares i'm like yeah that's exactly what i love like the guy that teeny lester is just murdering people in the ring and everyone's like let's keep doing this like this yeah, guy's this, massive this is the the battle of the tough guys or whatever it was battle of the tough guys <laughs> such a, it's such like a day. bad branding and like like, he murders him at the end of the movie, and, like, Rip, like, flirting with that girl, but it's, like, really skeevy and predator-like. Like, everything about this movie is, like, somebody sat down, okay, kind of what the next movie, like, uh, a movie that, that we are going to talk about later, uh, this movie has, like, a checklist of, like, action cliches or sports movie cliches, and somebody checked them off, but they didn't understand how they work. They just mm-hmm. did it. They just, like... Let's do this now. Let's do this now. And that's what this movie is. There's another movie on this list that does it better in my mind because they actually then make a cohesive plot around it. Um, so this movie, I don't know. I just keep thinking about the back of his feet and those weird peaks. And like, I'm still trying to wonder, like, what were they trying to? I was going to bring up, like, yeah, the squeaking mattress gag or whatever. Like, and then he's like the back of his feet. There? And I'm like, are people think that's supposed to be a butt or something like? Like, what are they supposed to think that is? Like, I'm trying to get the gag and yeah. I can't. I can't figure and out that gig. he's just doing push-ups off the side of the bed. He's just like, what? I know. This is what I do. So, I don't know. And I I think about it, and I like... So, I had a grand time. Like, everything about that movie clicked. I, I probably should put it higher, but... I probably should put it higher, but I don't. And it's fine. It's on okay. the third. It's on podium. The next two are better movies, though. That's my thing. It's a better movies coming up. So... Okay. okay. Anyways, no holds barred. Uh, bronze medal for me is where the Scorpion King is. Um, I think the biggest drawback to this movie is just like the, the King guy is just kind of boring. (laughs) I feel if you had like a better actor in that role, that movie would be even better. Uh, that, that's my drawback for me. Like I thought the rock was actually pretty good at figuring out his thing. Um, I especially like the kind of in the cave scene where he's offing all those guys. That was, that was, a Oh, good you mean one. the rock's cousin in that scene? Yes. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Tanoi Reed is really killing it in that yeah. bit. Um, but, <laughs> but I don't know. Like Kelly Hugh, we talked about, I yes. thought she was pretty great. Yeah, she is. Um, there's just like, you know, him pulling the bow back even further and catch <laughs> yeah. this and just, all that. Yeah. That's my kind of dumb stuff. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so yeah, my biggest problem is kind of the sequels and like muddying up the lore. <laughs> you know, with like 
other actors playing Matthias and that's just I weird. love that that's like the detractor for this movie is that they made sequels and they muddied up the and lore they, and they cast it like the same character it's like why, it has why don't they successor. just like just ignore that the sequels exist and then it doesn't matter we just haven't really talked about the weird cottage industry a bunch of these have inspired like sure. sequels direct-to-video empires that are like built yeah. on some of these movies on, uh, oh, on so many of these movies. I think... Yeah, it's just like, hey, we can make a cheaper sequel with someone else. Eh? Ted DiBiase. To be fair, Scorpion King is not a WWE franchise sequel. It just, like, becomes a universal property. But, oh, like, does it? it does create... Uh, so, yeah, I'm trying to think. Because well, I guess Batista is not one of them. It is, like... Yeah, we got Sino Evil 2 eventually. That actually has oh, I didn't think Kane it. in it. Condemned. Yeah. Uh, 12 rounds. The Marine has six movies. Oh, I forgot 12 rounds actually got sequels. Even the lamest stuff got like, eh, we'll try that again. We'll yeah. do another game. The Condemned got a sequel. Scorpion King got a sequel. Everything got sequels except for two of these, three of these movies. No, Walking Tall got a sequel actually. I'm pretty sure Walking Tall got a sequel too. It's Kevin Sorbo, yeah. Oh no. That's so right. yeah, Rundown. The only movies we wanted sequels, the only movie I wanted an actual sequel to didn't get sequels. Yeah. Anyways, That's how it continue. Goes. Sorry, yeah, I just... <laughs> You just reminded me, like, yeah, that's just right. To, there just is, to remark on that. This could yeah. be the biggest batch we ever did if we were like, all right, we're going to cover all the we're franchises. Gonna, we're going to get into the follow-ups as well. <laughs> but, like, we'll have to save that for later. I, I'm not going to lie. I might look into some of those. They might have the right balance of dumb stuff. Okay. I I, I'm intrigued because we'll the Marine 2 sounds horrible, but the Marine 3 is when the Miz shows up. Once we get Miz... to the Miz movies, I'm curious how that goes. Yeah, because the, the Miz can be, be pretty charming. Like, he's a pretty pretty funny guy. So I'm, I'm intrigued, but anyway, uh, Chuck Russell, man, he's just doing dumb, fun stuff. Yeah. Like, there's that Eagle flies in and it has an absurd sound effect on it. <laughs> Little moments like that are punctuating the proceedings here. And, uh, I thought that was, that was worthy of a, of a number three spot. I'm also like in a good Egypt zone now with some Assassin's Creed origins. And there's moments in that where I'm feeling like a scorpion King with like a big sandstorm behind me and stuff. I'm always going for a camel because he said that's better. You want to you want to have a camel over a horse. So, um, the yeah, the big one for me that's been in my touch point outside of these. There's this uh, YouTube channel called Corridor Digital that goes through like VFX artists react to movies like good and bad special effects. Yeah, and they had the guy. They had two special effects people that worked on the Mummy Returns on the seat talking about why it didn't work. And one of the guys is actually kind of fascinating. He works on the Men in Black movies, and he plays an alien in the second one, the mailman alien, who's, like, on the floor, and has a weird face and big ears type of thing. Okay. Anyways, he talked about how, like, there's real good reasons why the Scorpion King looks terrible in The Mummy Returns. It's good stuff. I recommend it highly. Like, it's, like, a good channel, good series of, like, if you want to know more about movie making, genuinely movie making, and modern movie making, it's got some great information. So, anyways, okay. sorry, sidetrack. But, What's the channel called again? So it's Quarter Crew, uh, okay. and it's VFX Artist React videos. There's like 150 of them. They've been doing it for like six years now. Uh, and, and you're talking about like the weird rock scorpion hybrid. Yeah, they talk about the janky. like, yeah, yeah, like when he comes out and he's doing his eyebrow, like the people's eyebrow. <laughs> it's, yeah. they talk about that scene. And I, to be fair, to them, uh, they didn't get the rock because he was filming... He was doing WWE currently and only was on set for three days, 
filming scenes for all the flashbackery they weren't stuff, able right? to get him they weren't able to film him reference videos for him so they were hand animating without reference videos and that's why it doesn't look as good as it could have looked yeah anyways yeah. fascinating but anyways scorpion king number three good choice yeah all right my number two and i'm hopeful that we were sounds like we're lining up pretty good here Okay. So my number two, this is where John Cena's The Marine landed for me. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I've always liked this movie, but I think it's gone up in value in my mind. Like this most recent watching. I was especially mm-hmm. pumped the other day because I was at Buy and Sell and they had this movie sitting on the $1 shelf on Blu-ray. And I was like, easiest oh, purchase I've ever made in my entire life. Um, is that is that a good era for Blu-ray or is, who cares? No, like, it's Fox. Know. Fox never really had a problem, so it's oh, a good okay. era for Blu-ray. Like, this is this is an ideal transfer of the Marine. <laughs> I, I would want a deluxe version. I mainly just well. didn't want grain that would come with DVD, so this is perfect because it was filmed. Yeah, like I wouldn't want even Ultra HD because then it would be probably too good. Like it would be the other side of the problem it's like, where it's like ah, this looks cheaper now. I, yeah. I just want the explosions to really shine. So. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't know. Yeah, okay, actually, I have to make a clerical mistake. I made a mistake in our episode for the Marine. Oh, okay. I referred to John Cena's finisher move as the F5. But... Oh, yeah, yeah. That is the that is not his finisher move, what his name of it is. His name is the... It's called the AA, the Attitude Adjustment. The F5 is the Brock Lesnar suplex, and it's very similar type moves. They both go oh. on your shoulders... Brock Lesnar throws your legs off and falls backwards, whereas John Cena throws you up and you go head over tail onto your back. And it's a pretty okay. impressive move because he did it to, like, the Big Show. He AA'd the Big Show, which was, like, nuts. Because the Big Show that's said that... That's just a feat of heaviness. Yeah, the Big Show said yeah. that the only time he's ever been lifted up and he felt, like, steady, like, sure that the person could handle it, was John Cena. Um Okay. But anyway, so yeah, it's it's the attitude adjustment. So I got that name wrong. So if there's any WWE fans that listen to the Marine episode and you made it to this episode, I'm sorry. If you stopped because of me, I'm also – can you let them know that I'm also sorry? Like find yeah, them just let, let them know that we figured it out eventually. Yeah. Or, you know, you could email us with that correction. Or, yeah, that would be great to feedback. hear back for that feedback because I'm, I'm open to excited. I totally I totally whiffed it. That's ryan at okvideo.ca. <laughs> wrestling updates or whatever. Um. Yeah, this movie's just fun. It's so much fun, and it works on all the like, the levels that like, no holds barred doesn't work. Like I, I referenced that it was like there's a list of values that like here's the action movie cliche, action movie cliche, but it like works within its own frame rate work. Whereas like no holds barred, like there's doesn't. just like a smiley face next to all of them, or, yeah. or they're they're excited about it or something. Hundred percent. It, it had it popped in a way I was really happy with. Yeah. Um, so, um yeah. my comment about jo- uh the Stone Cold earlier was like this movie feels like this could play towards John Cena's character. Like it plays towards his like all-American boy character that he was kind of at this point. He had moved yeah. out of his I uh, mean, like, opening with that salute and everything. That's what I mean. Fun. But like I I would have loved to see Stone Cold like cussing up a storm, drinking beer and giving everybody the finger when he fights them. Uh, like on the condemned yeah i could could have used a little more attitude really that's what i mean that. like i feel like he's a he, little he's like 
a little Boy Scoutish in that. I in know, a, and I a, want him to be like Black Ops way, but he's still the All American Nickelback hero. Hundred percent. I want like that chip on his shoulder. That, that's what he's great at is the chip on the shoulder. Because even Hulk Hogan, he's essentially just doing Hulk Hogan-y things as Rip, and John Cena is doing John Cena things. The Rock is soon is only really doing Rock things. Stone Cold just feels like he's playing a soldier boy, like a competent soldier, which is like, oh, but his big thing is that he's competent, massively so, but he's going to kick you, give you a stunner after he chucks two beers and like, then he's going to stun you and then he's going to flip over, laugh in your face and give you the, flip you the bird. Like, yeah, there, there wasn't enough of that sass. That's what I mean. And that's, that's what I was trying to get at was like, there's not even that level of fun for me to have with John, with Stone Cold Steve Austin. So like, I feel like the movie is trying to trying to like be coy about it's like oh he's a dangerous dark crazy person and like that intro where he punches out Rashim or whatever in like one hit yes kind of leans into like who's next or whatever like am I done here kind of like yeah. that I'm too busy and tough for this but then eventually it's just like yeah he's not actually a horrible criminal he's like he's a just, soldier he's just a soldier who lives in like <laughs> in the in the heartland of America. And he's going to try to contact the FBI and yeah, have good that old boy. Whole part of it happen. Anyway, the Marine, yeah. though, like, it just gets going. Like, we spend a lot of time with the villains, which I think are hilarious. I think Robert Patrick's killing it. Yeah, Robert Patrick's really, like, I know I didn't give him the MVP, but he's, like, right there. If, if Robert Patrick rapped at the end of that movie, 100%. <laughs> easy. Like cemented forever. It, it, what but, if he did a guest first on John Cena's oh, rap? If there was a third verse with the villain of the movie rapping, <laughs> that would have been next level. But that would oh, be next wow. level. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. It's just it's just a really fun with good explosions. John Cena running, like everything, every type of thing. Even like and for me, like those Ashley lines Scott freaking out in the truck because of everything. Or like the the even the Terminator lines and then Robert Patrick <laughs> giving the glance at the camera. The dude literally. Uh, so many people break the fourth wall in this movie. Like literally, look at the camera and like. Yeah. No. Yeah. Morgan just kind of being like a minivan. Are you kidding me? So, like the audience yeah, was just such a like. But even like Morgan's doing? like, and then Morgan's like whole like keep talking about like oh I hate what is the thing he hates. Rock candy. Rock candy. He's like, oh, it's just, rock candy. It's it just a trigger for him. It, it reminds like, him of all what? this trauma. So it's clearly, a really weird wrinkle to add. To I know, a, like a, a a henchman's backstory. But just think, they took the time to actually add it though, and like have fun with this movie. And I had fun with it because of it. You know, it's not yeah. by the numbers. They're doing a good fun time. So the Marine sits pretty high on my list. It's a number two, good silver, silver medal. Okay. Uh, so Silver Mill for me is going to Peter Berg and the rundown. Oh, okay. Um, I actually decided like I, it was just a vibe thing or something like with the rundown. I like pretty much everything about it except that trap bit, <laughs> like the weird Indiana Jones temple oh, sure. crumbling. Yeah, bit. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really took exception to how logistically weird that was. <laughs> sure. Um, okay. And I got I got stumbled up by my weird Nintendo Revolution music video thing that I talked about, where like the final dope action scene with like the two shotguns, yes, was driving me crazy because it was using music from a thing I've seen many times. So sure. I was just not in the headspace. I was so it was more like soaking in. It is a great movie. This last viewing of it kind of played with you a bit. Yeah, I had a couple trip ups on it, I guess. Yeah. And 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 really it was just the strength of uh the other movie. Like I just had a A to Z fun time. Sure. The whole I understand. time. I get it. So like it's like 
qualitatively the rundown is better like it's like a better movie yeah but i just i i i've seen it before i didn't have a fun surprise nathan yeah i almost swapped my one and two as well okay for the thing you're talking about like for some reason i'm elliptically talking about the marine as though it's a secret (laughs) (laughs) so i'm gonna just this is what i mean like i almost did the exact same thing as you did where it's like man what if i gave the marine the top spot even though the rundown is like a movie I've seen many times. I've Bigger always budget, loved it. Better cast. Yeah, more and just like going on. really like good things happening. Sean William Scott. I'm just having a good time. But the Marine has that more of like, wow, this movie shouldn't be good, but it's great. It's kind of punching above its weight, or like, and people hate it. Like I was yeah. so mystified by it. it's like 4.7, and like, like I'm with. I think it was like, what's it? One of Howard Stern's cronies, I guess, was kind of like really pushing this movie when it came out. Is it Howie and I now is it understand Lang? why. Hmm? Is it Artie Lang? No, like blank the actor. Oh uh, yeah, I don't, okay. I only know really Artie Lang, and then uh, okay, the lady. I'm pretty sure that's who it was. Uh, but anyway, like, uh, yeah, kind of in a in a, it's just in a nice zone of just like nice hamburger steak, no. <laughs> no trimmings (laughs) just just it's it was what i wanted i guess it really so wait wait, are we talking about the number one for your number one right now yeah i'm briefly alluding okay 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 yeah let's go back to let's go back to yeah let's let's go back to the rundown like yeah overall like fun setup good good flair to it i like the intro bit with the football players and their stats and everything like there there was some good directorial like flashes of style um I, I guess I was a bit mystified at how expensive it was. Like, it's just like, <laughs> sure. why are we spending so much money and like so much time on this like giant mine? And like, I don't know if it's hundreds of extras or tons of special effects to make that, but it's either way. It's like, this is kind of a waste. Like, I don't know why we're doing that, but they did. They spent, they spent a lot on that part. Uh, and yeah, this is the one that didn't get a sequel just cause it, it was a bigger swing, I guess. So thus, it barely breaking even isn't isn't good um and in all but i fairness, guess maybe maybe it's more character driven too you can't just have some other guy doing a rundown it it really <laughs> is this character is the thing so and, um, and in all fairness back, to you too like right? this movie was a box office bomb like yeah it, and like i was surprised reading that like because I'd, I'd always had a fairly positive fun time with this movie but then it's like oh no this came in under the you know this was in the red this was not a yeah. success. it's like oh okay That's and like bad. i think okay so this is my number one so yay gold number one the rundown yay um yeah. i think for me what it, it what does set it up is a little bit like it edges out the marine in that like you're right it's the character piece like you just mentioned it it's the character piece like they're actually these are actual characters rather than caricatures and yeah, like, Beck and, and like, uh, what is Sean William Scott's character's name? Oh, it doesn't matter. Like, but yeah. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> they, like, they I have a fun bantery. That's what I mean. Like, I, whereas the Marine, I'm laughing probably with it, but it's like not a movie like that creates any type of care towards me, right? Whereas, like, I'm watching the Marine and I'm getting like, oh, okay, I do want him to go back and save the village and help Rosario. So that level of investment just pulls me in a little bit more. But then yeah. also has really good action scenes, and when he does start oh, using I, guns, yeah, I feel I feel there's more skill and craft and whatever in the rundown. I just feel like I expected less and got more maybe with the marine. Like sure, hundred like percent. No, no, I get payoff. why. Yeah, 
if this was my first time watching the Marine, how I feel about it, it would be like the darling number one, two, uh, because it's just like that surprise factor and that newness. Like it's, it's exciting to watch when we, so we set out to do this podcast. The whole point is like to find those hidden gems. Yeah. Nathan found a hidden gem for this, for this batch, which is great for him. Like, yeah. Just in like that dumb Cobra esque, oh, like cornball action movie. Yeah. I, I was I was happy to see like like little little dumb stuff like how many bullets that car takes <laughs> how he manages to like fall out of it with nobody noticing yeah. like just little little moments and survive that, that fall because he's still off of a cliff like it's yeah he just falls off a cliff but it's fine <laughs> there's water down there like it it just has that over the top sweet spot a lot of the time and when it when it blows something up it blows it up big you know that's what I want that's what you should do yeah so. The, the, yeah. For me, the rundown works because I, I do – I realized this recently because I started watching the American Pie movies. I like Sean William Scott is really what it comes down to. And yeah. for me, like, I find he just – for whatever reason has – he brings an energy and a chemistry to almost ca- any cast he's in. And you made reference in the rundown that, like, he was the better part of a really genuinely terrible movie called Cop Out. Um, yeah. Where he got to shine in his few scenes – and yeah, so I like him. I like Rosario. And then like, this is for me, peak Dwayne Johnson, where like, he seems like he's having a good time and it's at his expense. It's not always like I have an archetype and I have to play to this archetype. And yeah, I, he's, he's willing to get bopped around a bit or have a, yeah, like, like it's like a baboon jump on his face. It feels whatever. like now the rock has a contract like Vin Diesel where it's like, if I get into a fight, I can't lose. Like Vin Diesel yeah. has a clause that says he can't lose a fight. And Dwayne Rock Johnson feels like he has the same clause. And it's like, I don't want that like ever because I like vulnerability even in my action stars. Like I like, I think I always liked Sly Stallone a bit more than Arnold Schwarzenegger because Sly knew how to play vulnerable a little bit better than Schwarzenegger did. Okay. Yeah. You, you don't really think about like short snare getting cut up or beat down or anything much. So, or that like he sure. could lose, you know, you never get the sense that short will could lose this battle. Yeah. Whereas yeah. sliced alone, you get a sense often that he could lose. He's fighting like Wesley Snipes. Like he could lose this one. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. So I, there's something about that with me that I like about Stallone. And I like about the rock in this movie where it's like the rock could lose. It's a big town of a lot of people with guns, and The Rock doesn't use guns, and they make it work. So, I don't know. I think that's why number it takes my number one spot. Even though this batch, this viewing, the Marine I had a more fun time with, The Rock, I yeah. think The Rundown is a better movie to me, and that's how I'm putting it number one. Yeah, I think like if I was to rank them on IMDb, it would probably have a higher score. Sure, like The Rundown, yeah. but it was just a kind of fun, fun ranking. Yeah, exactly. No, I get it. Fun time. Okay, so broke free. without further ado, Nathan, let's do a drum roll. Let's hear your number one. Big oh, surprise. It's it's the Marine, John Benito. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Robert Patrick, all, all the things we just said, big explosions, uh, that truck bit where it's exploding and exploding and exploding, but we cut inside the truck and it's fine. She's just scared. Yeah. That, that's just great stuff. It's um, stupid. Something that I would love that I just thought of recently when I was thinking about the stunt. So when John Cena falls out of that car, he's flying through the air. Like the car's flying through the air going like, you know, 60 miles an hour. And when he jumps out, he just goes straight down. Like he has no forward. 
Like, it's like almost immediately, like, we just assume, like, oh, no, the car is going 60 miles an hour. John Cena, he's sitting still. So if he jumps mm-hmm. out of the car, immediately stops and goes straight down. He's just that heavy. It's all the muscles. I, I don't just, know. Yeah, I don't know. Just like stuff or, like or that. Two yokel dudes in the woods and how stupid they are. Like, there's just little things I found so delightfully silly. Uh, the the diamond heist where we don't really know that's what's going on for a while. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like I, this movie's Robert Patrick's up to something, but nobody told me what it is. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, I see, they're stealing stuff. Well, and Great. then the secret like Calgary connection out of this whole batch. We got that Calgary connection this one time. And just how sloppy these criminals are. Like, yeah. like that a cop being near them and asking innocent questions just ruins their composure and starts all of this. It's really funny to me. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, stuff. worse, but I think it, it knows and is having fun. So oh, yeah. Really no, I think it's, like, unlike other movies, like, like No Holds Bar, which you see them trying and I'm laughing at them. This movie's like, oh, they get the joke. Like, they're winking and nodding with us as we run around. Yeah, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure they're not like, I don't know, could a car take this many bullets? It's like, <laughs> oh, whatever, it's fun. Like, he holds up I think a bulletproof vest and deflects bullets. Like, once you drop that, like, Terminator line, you know exactly where their head's at. Like, you know exactly where their head's at. So, yeah. anyways. He's got good. that knife. He's running with that knife. and he's gonna I gotta say, him. this was overall, like, pretty, pretty overall, like, a good charming batch like of just silly funness like we got to experience this time around yeah at least at least five that are pretty fun to like really fun and then i i wasn't so mad at the condemned it could have been better oh like, sure you know. but i mean like yeah. when i think of john candy i'm like oh there's a good guarantee we're gonna like this because we like john candy going into this it's like who would have thought the wwe yeah. batch oh yeah if you're looking at the rotten tomatoes and the imdb scores like this is gonna be a pretty rough batch but i actually was having a fun time so yeah it suited my appetites at the time I, sure I was exactly happy yeah so, yeah there you go wwe films uh rundown the marine some of the greats so check them out uh but okay question time and yep. uh i don't know what it is you, you don't know what it is yeah i just wrote in ryan in italics in the co- in the in this plot uh yeah. I, I just had a, qu- a simple question for you being that we're doing the wwe batch i thought i'd just ask you who's your favorite wrestler oh no I thought we did this early. No, we but... we talked about what was your exposure to wrestling early. Oh, okay. Man, I don't even know if I I've seen enough wrestling to qualify. Well, like a good opinion. But you, know? you can you can now you've seen a bunch of wrestlers now. Oh sure. Uh, <laughs> I this this thugonomic situation sounds interesting. <laughs> the rapping is pretty funny to me. So John Cena's got qualities for sure. Uh. But I I don't know I still like, did the Undertaker ever do movies <laughs> or just well a no he game? yeah he's in Suburban Commando Gr- great I guess he's like I, plays... I just like that that shtick with like the undead thing he would, he's Barrow. not the Undertaker he's Mark uh like he's the act he's the wrestler he's just himself he's yeah. not the character yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he plays like so... an, an alien thug who's out to like hunt bounty hunter who's a catch. Just big tall guy in a big black coat with a big hat and everything like that. Oh. That stuff's always been like striking in a funny way to me. Like whenever it was on TV, I hundred percent because they'd hype it. It was it was really just looking at like the structure of the broadcast and how they they tease you along forever with stuff that's like not what you want to be seeing. But it's like, yep. hey, later on a really cool match is going to happen and the Undertaker and stuff. And it's like, I guess I'll keep watching then because I want to see that. And then an hour goes by. 
you know. Like he but. he might not be the biggest draw they've ever had, but he has the most respect I think out of wrestling fans. Period, because okay. he just kept up his shtick for so long. They had like a a twenty year he had a twenty one year streak of winning at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. uh, which is unheard of. Like that would just never happen again. Um, like yeah, and then he has a lot of like, but it, it's all based upon a hokey idea that he is an undead man. Yeah. And he survived the, like, Attitude Era where they broke kayfabe and, like, all of these things. And here he is still like doing his Like, his weird high-concept gimmick is still somehow working. And then he this. even, like, he even had his era where he became the American Badass and he just dressed as himself. Like, The Undertaker dies. He returned as The Undertaker but back to life again. Like, mm-hmm. a life. And he's called The American Badass. He has a Kid Rock entrance theme. And like he's isn't, literally isn't driving a, a motorcycle. Fake, isn't and, there a fake Undertaker too? Like there was like a oh, we'll get, get to that in a second. <laughs> okay. uh, and he comes out on a motorcycle. This is later when when John Cena was debuting as the Thugonomics. Uh, he because he didn't really want to do this shtick anymore. And then in the midst of that, he ha- he killed that character and then got resurrected as the Dead Man again and brought it back even later. And then was then that role for over a decade, having some of the best matches of wrestling ever. Like okay. it, it's it's super impressive. He's incredibly impressive. So I th- like yeah, and all that feels sort of heretical as like a Calgarian with the Hart family in town and everything. But yeah, that was kind of before my time. Oh sure, I just yeah. saw him in like Super Nintendo games. That's what I mean. So. I feel like if you're you're just the right amount of years younger than me, that Bret Hart would have been like a, a fading after star. His prime. Yeah, a fading yeah. star when you would have shown up. Anything happening in that world. Um, cause like, he was, that's the thing. I was definitely over at my Opa's place and he loved wrestling probably back from the Calgary, like stampede wrestling days, like sure. actually going to shows. So it, it would be on a lot, but I didn't like soak up who this is or what's going on yeah. very well. Yeah. Cause we shared that in the first podcast where like, that was my one of like, those it's are like seminal dinner and there are men wrestling back there. Like, know? um, what's the, what's the current thing where they talk about like unchangeable moments in history. It's like a pop culture thing where it's like... Oh, it's a canon event? Canon events, yeah, from (laughs) Spider-Verse. Canon event for me is like, is sitting on my grandpa's lap watching Saturday uh, morning wrestling with him, like WWE, and watching Macho Man fight some nobody type of thing. Uh, And I guess with all the dark side of the ring stuff, like Chris Jericho's a fun interview. Yeah, he's he's got energy. He's for that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I don't um, know how good he is as a wrestler or anything, but, you know. You mentioned The Undertaker going up against Fake Undertaker, and Les- that was the, just to remind viewers, that's the Leslie Nielsen summer where he was, like, on the hunt for the real Undertaker because he'd gone missing. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> was that on television? That like was on was TV. Yeah, it was on, w- it was on Raw, on Monday Night Raw. Per- perfect, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Um, Frank, Frank Drebin's on the case, basically. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was alluding to that without ever seeing it type of thing. Sure, um, sure. So when I was a kid, Bret Hart was my number one for sure, and I still think he's a great wrestler. But as I've gotten older, Bret Bret sucked at promo work. He sucked at mic work. He Th- did. This he is wasn't... A, this is this weird kind of like like the Stampede Wrestling School were very technically good wrestlers. 100%. It sounds and like, but they created some of that charisma. Some of that that sass yeah, they, they created wasn't there. technically good wrestlers. And that's why yeah. Chris Jericho kind of like is as big as he is because he's a technically good wrestler and is good on the mic. And that's okay. pretty rare 
There's a few other guys that are like that, but it's pretty rare that you have both type like, of thing. Like, is Macho Man good at wrestling? Or is very he good at wrestling. Or is he so good at the, at the mic stuff? He's, he's very good at wrestling, uh, but he gets distracted. What? What what was that weird rift with him and the company for a while there? With the WWE? Because he wasn't allowed to be in the video games and stuff for so, like a weird amount of time. There was a time when uh, Hogan left WWE and Vince was like, okay, we're going to focus on what's what he calls the new generation. And that was like pre-Attitude Era. It was the new generation. And that was like Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon, Diesel like Kevin Nash, all being like the big top guys, these new young guys, Triple H, they're going to be the focus. And even though Randy Man, uh, Macho Man was able to wrestle, he, uh, Vince didn't want him wrestling. He wanted him out of the story. So he made him a color, a color commentary. Oh. And then weird. when Hogan signed up with WCW, which was a big get because Hogan just wasn't wrestling. Um, he convinced Macho Man to come over to WCW where he would be able to wrestle, and he was there until he retired. Oh, okay. I, I thought Macho Man was one of the first to leave, but... He was one I of the know. first to leave because okay. Macho Hulk went over, and the second big get they got was Macho Man. Okay, okay. Um, that was the second big, first big poach. But so it, was, it was just like, I want to continue to wrestle, and they're, they're sidelining me, so I'm yes, going to Yes, 100%. That's here. all it was. He wanted to work... But he wasn't allowed to work. Um, okay. Yeah, and he's he okay. He's a really good wrestler who's had a really great matches, but he's just got like such a his charisma overweighs his skill. Um, but he was also wrestling in an era where it was just like a light drop and like like it was, mm-hmm. wasn't good wrestling. Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, that era of the new generation, they brought about technical wrestling to the forefront again, and being like, this is what wrestling can be, type of okay. thing. So. Um, sorry, so Bret Hart was my favorite growing up. As an adult now, I mean, I I kind of have to give it to John Cena because I think he he he's kind of the total package. He's he is a good wrestler. He's good on the mic. He's got charisma. He seems like genuine, and I think he's actually just funny in real life. Like he just seems like a funny guy. So, mm-hmm. anyways, just was interested. I thought I thought like for current roster people like uh is it AJ Styles you're kind of a fan of? Yeah, AJ Styles just uh yeah. He's on his last legs. He's been wrestling for like 20 years now. Um Oh, okay. He was in TNA. I don't know if you remember TNA. I I remember there was a video game in like 2008. Yeah. It was one of the last Midway games. So, yeah. After WCW went under, WWE was the only wrestling promotion. And so Spike TV was like, oh, let's make a thing called TNA, which is like typically an acronym for something different. But I think it means like total nonstop action. Correct. That's exactly what it means. <laughs> yeah. uh, and they started that and it kind of just became like that B promotion. And for a while it was like, oh, there's some really great guys coming out of this, including AJ Styles, Samoa Joe and stuff like that. But then it became like, hey, if you didn't, like if you're, they started just doing WCW storylines again. So like, Hulk Hogan and Kevin Nash and Eric Bischoff all started coming over and doing similar like storylines and just and Sting and all these things. They just started being like the B show again. So, anyways, is AEW kind of the B show or are they pretty good? Or so that's there's a big debate right now. Genuinely speaking, they're putting on two very different products. 
Okay. WWE is staying true to their model, which is we are, uh, when we do Raw and SmackDown, we're producing uh, soap, soap operas that have wrestling. Entertainment okay. with wrestling. Yeah. AEW is a wrestling show with entertainment. So they're more focused on ring business going on? 100%. So a great example of this is WWE will have a feud happen where if a champion gets in a feud with a challenger, they'll wrestle and something will, bad will happen, like somebody cheated or it wasn't quite a, a clean finish. Then in the mm-hmm. next month at the pay-per-view, they'll wrestle again and maybe there wasn't another good clean finish. And then they'll do a rubber match, the third one, and do a big bloat. So they're doing like four months, three to six months of storyline buildup where they have like character segments where they have factions fighting each other and they have all this big build to a big payout. They understand the idea of climaxing. Mm-hmm. AEW will have, we have a pay-per-view coming out last month. Our champion beat this guy this month. He's facing this guy. Oh, he wins. Okay. Next month he's facing this guy. They don't do stories. Like they're doing, they're acting like they are real fighting promotion. Okay. But they're this wrestling. Is, this is an athletic competition. Yes. But their okay. wrestling is considered to be some of the best in-ring wrestling right now in the world on a consistent basis. Okay. So. And, and there's New Japan Pro or whatever. Which they're doing the New Japan style in AEW North America. Okay. Anyways. So that you kind of. Final, final question about all that. What, what was with this gap in CM Punk's career? Like, <laughs> what, what, what happened? Why yeah. did he leave? So. I didn't actually know you knew about CM Punk. Um, well, because he him coming to AEW is like a big deal, but then he screwed that up. Yeah, he, he just got fired from AEW a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he got fired from the like WWE a gap where he, first. he wasn't wrestling at all, wasn't it? Yeah, because he got fired from the WWE. He says he left, but he got fired. Uh, so his big thing is this is the, CM Punk brought in this era where kayfabe and reality were the at its thinnest, like at its like th- you couldn't tell. When he was talking, if is this real? Is he is doing fake? a bit or is this actual? Yeah. 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 And so he did this thing called the pipe bomb where he just like got on the show with a mic and, and dropped a promo eviscerating WWE and their product of the day. And okay. everyone points that towards that as like a real true thing that happened. But at the end of the day, he was holding a WWE mic and they didn't cut his mic. So Vince McMahon and him, there's a lot of things where it's like Vince likes to toe the line of like, is this real or is it not? That's like his perfect spot. And that's where the Attitude Era worked really well. Um, But there's like, so CM Punk and John Cena got into a big long feud. CM Punk and Triple X got into big feuds. And they invented the idea of like, because public lives are so known now because of the internet. Social media and stuff. Stuff like that. That they were allowed for the first time to really like take real pot shots at the other person on this public stage but it, under the idea that everyone was on board and, and good with it like there's kind of mutual understanding that this is part of the this is part of the show. thing but it's going to sound so real pretty and, harsh and it might even surprise the other person because they didn't they wanted to save that net that nugget for something like live so just just barbs or like pranks and stuff? like no barbs like full-on ver- verbal like we're going to cut de- you down to your character any he crossed the line or something or? no he just eventually walked out so he was the champion the ww champion for over a year it was like one of the longest runs for decades it's pretty unheard of in the world until recently for someone to be a champion for more than a year it was like he was a champion for more than a year but then the rock 
wanted to come back and do a program from Royal Rumble in January to, and have a big final blowout in, in WrestleMania in April. Okay. But they were like setting up these pieces because the year before the rock and John Cena had a once in a lifetime match at WrestleMania, only one match. It was like our biggest star from the past, biggest star from the future. They're going to fight each other. The next year they're like the rock comes back. Cause he has a downturn. This is pre fast five. He has a downturn in his schedule. He has some time. We're going to have the rock challenge CM Punk for the championship in Royal Rumble. And we're going to have a returning John Cena win the Royal Rumble, which guarantees them a title shot at WrestleMania. Okay. And then build a program where they're going to fight each other a second time at WrestleMania for the championship this time, not just like a exhibition bout. Okay. John Cena kind of got buried because of the rock came coming back. Like his championship run got buried because the rock wanted to come back and they were like, Oh, we'll put the belt on the rock to make this more important. Oh, okay. And so he left. Wait, he, John Cena or CM Punk? CM Punk. Because John Cena, oh, okay. I mean, uh, so, The Rock so was only going to wrestle. on in this larger yeah, game. Yeah, and, okay. and so he left. And then he started training for UFC. And he fought in like two or three UFC bouts. And Brock lost Lesnar all of style. them miserably. Okay. So. Yeah. And then he came back, finally came back to the AEW. He left. He got suspended from AEW a year before this firing. Because he got in a scuffle backstage with another big wrestler. like So the AW was founded by four wrestlers and one millionaire. And uh, Cody Rhodes, uh, Kenny Omega, and the two brothers um, that are the young, the young Bucks. They're the four wrestlers and a millionaire, Tony Khan. They're called the Elite, the wrestlers. And they kind of have this like, hey, we're bigger than everybody. We're special attitude about themselves. CM Punk comes in who also has a giant ego because he is he does sell merch like crazy. He became their immediately their highest selling merch guy as soon as he walked into the company. Um, and he got in a fight with the other three guys who were from New Japan and created this promotion. They all got suspended and then they all came back and then AEW Solution was to create a brand new televised program, a third show in a week centered around CM Punk. Okay. Saturday Night Collision was centered fully, a show created fully for CM Punk so he didn't interact with the people he didn't get along with that were on their regular show Dynamite. Oh, okay. And then eventually they went to Wembley, they sold out Wembley, and they became the highest, uh, highest sold attendance for wrestling show in the history of wrestling. And before his first match with Samoa uh, Joe... There's reports that he got into a scuffle with the wrestler backstage and it got incredibly violent. And Tony Khan says that he feared for his own life. He's the billionaire. And he came out and fired Stan Punk the next day. But did they at least perform this Wembley show? Yes, he fought. He wrestled Samoa Joe and everyone said it was a great match. So Okay, okay. Anyways. So it went out on a note, I guess. He went out on a note. Um, but but no. he is a, he's a guy that WWE would have back, but like they would have very strict like like watches over him he's a he's a controversial dude that loose cannon some fans yeah. love him and some fans think he is toxic and needs to be gone okay so anyways and uh finally just i think seamus is a great name i just think that's funny so and he's in that turtles movie he's bebop or rocksteady i can't remember in like the the 2013 ish one yeah like out of the shadows the second one yeah 
Okay, great. So anyway, so there you go. Wrestling wrap up. Uh, that's that's uh, the WWE. Um, we we're gonna announce stuff now. We're gonna <laughs> announce our our direction. This is pretty spur of the moment. We kind of we kind of came into this recently, uh, but we're gonna look at. Wait, we just yeah, we just had a fully. We were talking very specifically about a thing. We were gonna go in a different direction, but then this has been weighing on Ryan's mind, and I think it's a pretty good idea. Uh, so we're gonna look at bad investments, uh, big big swings at the box office fences that totally didn't work out uh, for for major studios. Like these are these are high cost, high loss sort of situations. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we're kicking it off with uh, the Taylor Kitsch classic, John Carter, uh, which we alluded to a couple of weeks ago as just being like this weird push for this guy. And uh, yeah, we're going to look at it. Wall-E director Andrew Stanton uh, really tried to go for this. He talked about it in his TED talk about storytelling, which is super funny in hindsight. <laughs> but uh <laughs> anyway so yeah we're gonna we're gonna look at this disney misfire uh john carter it should be on disney plus if you got that i assume like you probably have to search for it they're not going to tell you about it uh but it's it's somewhere in there so yeah um so yeah uh but anyway that's that's all for this week thanks for listening um or do we do we want to talk about the theme a little more or are we about bad investment yeah 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 i think you kind of nailed it um like it's just what you said with like like high risk like it's going to be a lot of like what were they thinking type of like yeah we're kind of like why was this greenlit like in hindsight like i i think that's the universal theme i don't think there's stuff here that was like well we like this and it failed maybe a couple no i think there's definitely going to be some on here that we like this but it failed but like maybe not liked it for the reasons the filmmakers wanted us to like it. Right. Maybe it's ironic. Maybe yeah. It's, it's got some weird yeah, kind of exactly. wrinkle to it. So we're, we'll just be examining kind of some of these decisions, but okay. Uh, that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to send us a question for a future show, uh, you can email Ryan Okavio.ca or Nathan Okavio.ca um, or both of us, Okavio podcast at gmail.com. We're also on Hive, co-host and Instagram, Okavio podcast. And uh, yeah, like I said, Andrew Stanton, John Carter, Mark Strong on Mars, by the way, uh, next week. Until then, I'm Nathan. And I'm Ryan. Bye-bye for now.